Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. And let's go to John 17. And uh, I've been teaching uh, on something over the last few Wednesday nights. I think this is the fourth week of this on the foundation of the truth. The foundation of truth. And John 17 and verse 17, Jesus made this statement. He said, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them, set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. That's the verse that revolutionized my life. That the word is truth. Amen. Now, if you've been around church any length of time, and, and, and there are people that, that will say, you know, well, of course, the, the, the Bible's true. I mean, it's the Word of God. But here's the thing. They don't live like it's true. The Word is truth. All right? The word truth means what is true in any matter under consideration. The Word is what is true in any matter under consideration. And whatever you're dealing with, the word is the truth concerning that. Whatever it may be. See, that's, that's, faith is based on truth. Faith is not based on hypotheses. Faith is not based, you can't base faith on a lie because faith has to be based on truth. And that's why when you are in faith, And you may be facing a challenge in your body or in some other area. And you declare according to the word of God that you're healed. You're speaking truth because you're speaking the word of God. Faith is based on truth. Faith will only function in an atmosphere of truth. It won't function in an atmosphere of untruth. Whatever you're dealing with, the word is truth concerning that. Now all statements concerning the word are not truth. All statements about the word are not truth. But the word is absolute truth. Hallelujah. And in order for the word to have the effect in my life that it could have, I have to view it as absolute truth. The word is absolute truth. Now, that's our brief recap. Let's go to 2 Peter 1 and we'll start here. Tonight. You know, a lot of people, and I could say believers probably, they're like Pilate. Jesus said when, when Pilate asked him in the book of John, he said, are you a king? And Jesus said, well, you know, that's what you say. And uh, Jesus said, you know, if my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight for me? And and he made this statement. He said, for this cause came I into the world. And people over the years, they've they've taught it, and and I've even taught it probably till the Lord showed me different. 
Uh, well, the cause he's talking about is the crucifixion. No, the cause he's talking about is the next statement. For this cause I came into the world to bear witness to the truth. To bear witness to the truth. And Jesus, remember the statement he made? He said, everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. Remember what Pilate said? What is truth? Wow. What a sad commentary on a man's life. There are a lot of believers that are wondering, what is truth? What is true? Right? Peter says something here, 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 2 and read down through verse 12, because we've got to see all these verses. Amen. He says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that's called us to glory and virtue. Or as Brother Hagin said, virtue. <laughs> Whereby are given unto us, notice this, exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So this is not necessarily something concerning the, the truth in the sense of the, the word truth is not there. But notice this. There is given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. And through those great and precious promises, we become partakers of the divine nature. Now, is that in the word? Is the word truth? Then you are a partaker of the divine nature. Amen. Say that out loud. I'm a partaker of the divine nature. And notice, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful, notice this, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He that lacks these things, notice, is blind and cannot see afar off, has forgotten he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. Praise God. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now notice. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Everybody say present truth. The Young's literal says, I will not be careless to remind you concerning these things, though having known them and having been established in the present truth. The Woos Bible says, wherefore I intend, I like this, I intend to always be reminding you. Hallelujah. A pastor has the gift of repetition. A pastor is not concerned about preaching something new. You understand? 
When you see a minister that's always trying to come up with something new, he don't have very much revelation. The more you look at something, the greater the revelation becomes from it. And uh, Amen. And he, and, he, and he said, the present truth. The Woos Bible, he said, I will always be reminding you concerning these things, even though you know them and have become firmly established in the truth, which is present with you. So notice this. Peter stated his intention was to always be reminding the believer of the truth they knew. All the things that we read previously. He said, I'm going to keep reminding you of that. Well, what was the truth? You're partakers of the divine nature. You've been given exceeding great and precious promises. And by these, you become partakers of the divine nature. He went through that list, establishing them in the truth. If these things be in you, you will never fall. How many times did he said that? We don't know. But he says, I'm going to keep reminding you. I'm going to keep taking you back so that you're established in the present truth. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Paul, or Peter, excuse me, inferred that it would be careless of him if he didn't constantly remind them. You know, ever how many people are here tonight or on a Sunday morning or on a Sunday night? Here's what we never know. We don't know who's grabbing it and who's not. And we don't know how many times you got to hear it to grab it. Amen. And when you just kind of say something once or twice, well, you know, everybody here's heard that. Everybody here heard that, but everybody here didn't hear that. Jesus said that you can hear with your ears and not listen with your spirit. He said, if you have ears, hear. Well, he wasn't talking about the paddles on the side of our head. He was talking about our spirit man. If you have ears in your spirit, then you should hear. Faith does, full faith doesn't come with one hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Do you see this? For a believer to be established in the truth, they have to hear it consistently. You're not established in something you heard once. Amen. You're not established maybe in something you heard twice. Glory to God. But I can become established. By what? Consistently here. The job of a pastor and the job of the local church is to get people established in truth. You and I have never seen a day like we see now where more people are asking that question, what is truth? What is truth? Right? Uh, and, and you need to go back on, on YouTube or the podcast and listen to the previous three messages. But, but think about this. Statements like this. Well, you can't help who you love. If you believe the truth, you can. Right? I'm helping somebody. Is that right? You, you know, you, you, I mean, after all, you know, you might, fall, you might be a man, fall in love with a man. There's nothing wrong with that, but, but the problem is the truth says it is. See, truth, truth is not prejudiced. Truth is a blanket that covers every person. 
It applies to everybody. You cannot look at anything in the Word and say, that doesn't apply to me. Well, if it's talking about an adulterer, Pastor, it doesn't apply to me. It applies to you in the sense that you're, you're learning truth. You never overlook anything in the Word of God as though it doesn't apply to me. What it's saying can affect me negatively or positively. Is that right? The truth is a blanket. And so the job of the church is to get people established in truth. Established means to make stable or to steadfastly set. Make stable or steadfastly set. The book of Isaiah said, uh, Isaiah said this, he said concerning uh, wisdom and knowledge, he said wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. Well, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the reason the book of Proverbs was written is so that you would understand wisdom and knowledge. So the word of God is the stability of our times. Hallelujah. The truth will make you stable. Makes you stable. And the truth will cause you to be steadfastly set. Steadfastly set. Glory to God. Truth will produce stability and steadfastness because of this. Truth never changes. Truth never changes. What is, what is true today will be true tomorrow. The Word of God is as true as when the Holy Spirit authored it and breathed it into the hearts of men that wrote it. Copied down, took down notes that the Holy Spirit gave them. It's just as true today as it was then. Now, as believers, we can say, well, I know that, I believe that, but understand something. The truth is The truth is true regardless. When circumstances come up, you always go back to what you know to be true. What did the Word say? See, that's steadfastness. That's stability. The enemy tries to make you question the Word. Because he knows the word is stability. Well, if it was God's will to heal every time, why did your Aunt Sophie die? You know she had faith. No, you don't. How do I know that? Because the truth says all men have not faith. I don't know if they had faith or not. I don't know if they waited too long to get a hold of the word. You stay with what the word said. God is the life giver, not the life taker. God is the healer, not the one that makes sick. God makes well, not sick. See, that's truth, and that provides stability. Well, I don't understand this. You just don't understand because you don't know enough of the truth yet. Once you come to know in the knowledge of the truth, you'll understand things. Hallelujah. Well, that, that people say that can't be truth. There's contradictions in the Bible. Well, open it up and show me one. If you think you found a contradiction, it just shows that you don't know enough yet. Because eventually you'll see that the Bible doesn't contradict itself. Why? Truth cannot contradict itself. If it is truth and Jesus said it was, it cannot contradict itself. Truth can never be at odds with truth. 
Glory be to God. Amen. And what we see today, what we see so much in the church, in, in some ministers, uh, people that, that people trust in that fall into sin, I'm telling you, it's a void of the truth. It's a void of truth. Jesus said the truth makes you clean. In John 17, he told the Father, he said, I have given them your word and they are clean through your word. They're cleansed through the word of God. Amen. Ephesians 5 said you wash your wife in, in the perfect context. But that means that the word is water and I can wash my life with the word of God. When you get into the word of God, things start getting cleaned up in your life. There are people sitting under the sound of my voice that there are things you stopped doing when you came to God. Not because you heard a sermon on it, but because you got in the word. And the word just began to cleanse you. How were you cleansed from all unrighteousness? By believing the word. Amen. Hallelujah. If, if you want things set right, there has to be a stability. And the stability comes from the Word. But then you want steadfast stability. Amen. The most steadfast people that I know are those that are grounded in truth. Amen. Stable people are those whose lives are governed by the truth. Truth has to govern the life of the believer. Truth has to govern the life of the believer. Notice in Ephesians 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we want to go here to verse 10. Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Notice, having your loins girt about with truth. Having your loins girt about with truth. Now notice, he says, when you've done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. The very first piece of armor is the belt of truth. The very first piece. We know this is God's armor because it mentions seven pieces. God's number is seven. And God starts out with truth. Everything God started out with was truth. And he starts out with the belt of truth. Now here's the thing. The truth is not flashy. The truth is not flashy. I ministered a series some years ago called Faith Wears Coveralls. And I made the statement that faith is the work truck of the kingdom. If you want to get the job done, use faith. Well, you don't pull up at a construction site to haul lumber in a Ferrari. Ferraris are okay. We'd like one, huh, Jamie? Especially Jamie. But here's the thing. You're not going to get much work done with one. 
Amen. But when you pull a three-quarter ton pickup out there, you're going to get some work done. It's a work truck. Is that right? The truth is much the same way. It's not flashy. Hallelujah. But it holds everything together. It holds everything together. See, understand something. Your belt is not significant to you until you don't have it. Right? Amen. If we see you coming in church like this one night, we'll know what happened. Some, your belt got lost somewhere. Your be- a belt is not significant until it's not there. Amen. The belt of truth holds everything together. This is important. The, the, if you take off the truth, the truth is what gives you confidence. Amen. The truth is in the middle of the believer. And if you take off the truth, your life falls apart. This is, this is important because if we ignore the truth and don't consistently apply it to our lives on a daily basis, our entire spiritual life will come apart at the seams. I can't ignore the truth. i got to apply it to my life on a daily basis. Reading it, declaring it, confessing it, applying it. Applying it to my family, applying it to my marriage, speaking the truth. You speak truth over your wife. You speak truth over your husband. My husband loves me as Christ loves the church and gives himself for me. People say that's a good confession. It is a good confession because it's truth. You're speaking truth over his life. Amen. Do you see that? See, The Word says in the Old Testament, my Word will not return void. Well, what is the Word? Truth. Truth will not return void. Truth cannot be defeated. Truth will always overcome a lie. Ever what's going on in the world, and people say there's so much deception. It'll be proven to be deception, and the truth will be proven to be right. The truth will always come out. Understand that. The truth always works. You can't defend a lie and you don't need to defend the truth because the truth will defend itself. Amen. Someone told Charles Spurgeon one time, said, you need to defend the word. He said, me defend the word? He said, I'd, I'd, yeah, I might as well defend a raging lion. Defend the word. There's no, there's, there's no reason to defend the truth. Truth speaks for itself. Amen. Hallelujah. But I can't ignore that. When you're tempted to ignore it is when there's no challenge. I've been teaching in healing school on what it means to have faith. And and I heard so much of this recently. Uh, 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 Well, so-and-so got put in the hospital and they were sick and they died and I know they had faith I was declaring scriptures over them 
And I was watching that, and the Lord spoke to me. The Lord spoke to me, and he said, but what were they saying? I'm not making light of it, but, I'm, but, I'm, but, I'm, but here's, here's what I'm saying. For truth to affect me, truth has to be truth to me. You can look at the word as true in the sense that God wrote it and in the sense that the Holy Spirit breathed it, but is it true to you? Is it truth to you? Truth is personal just like faith's personal. Faith always works, but your faith may not always work if you're not working your faith. But it always works. I've told people over the years, healing always comes. And somebody will always come back to me and say, well, if healing always comes, then why did so-and-so not get healed? Now, what do you want me to say? That's a loaded question. They're baiting me. You understand? Glory to God. But truth always wins. Because it, 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 truth, oh Lord, truth, is the DNA of God. When God says something, it automatically becomes truth. Because God not, will not lie, He cannot lie. Why is it that He cannot lie? He's absolute truth. I heard a, a preacher say something one time. Well, if God did tell a lie, it would become truth. That's ridiculous. God, a lie can never become truth. Because a lie is, by definition, is void of truth. A truth, by definition, is void of lie. Mm. That's why the Bible said, let God be true and every man a liar. What, in other words, he wasn't calling people a liar. He was saying, if they are contradicting the word, they are the ones we tag as lying. But you let God be true. You allow God to be true in your life. Yes. Amen. Say it out loud. I'll let God be true. Amen. See, a lie can be... A lie can produce immediate benefit. Is that right? A lie can produce immediate benefits. I mean, uh, ever what it is. I'm, I'm, ever what illustr illustration you want to use. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> You probably don't want to do that, but it will produce an immediate benefit, right? Amen. Or, you know, somebody comes up to you, and they're standing there talking to you in the store, and they go, oh, are you married? A lie can produce an immediate benefit, right? But here's the thing. You'll always pay for that immediate benefit. Truth may not produce an immediate benefit, but it produces long-term benefit. When you stand for truth, sometimes it looks as if you're in the wrong. But you're standing for truth. Right? And the truth will produce that stability. Truth right now is working on your behalf Making the situation line up with truth. 
Well, my children aren't living for God. What does the truth say? It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and your household. So right now, when you declare that, truth is working. Yeah, but they seem to be getting worse. I understand because the enemy knows you're speaking truth and he's doing everything he can do to drive them away from the truth. But the truth is a stronger magnet than the lie and the lie will eventually lose and the truth will win. Why? Because the truth can't be defeated. It cannot be defeated. Jesus said everything you see, the firmament, the earth, the universe, it will all pass away. But my word will never pass away. Why? Because truth cannot pass away. Amen. And, we, and the Bible says that you were begotten of the truth. You will never die. You are an eternal being. Because you were begotten of the truth. Amen. Am I helping you tonight? So I can't ignore the truth and not consistently apply it to my life. Yeah, but you know, we, we, we got that headed the right direction. I know now, get over here and get this one headed the right direction. Don't, don't, don't quit applying the word because, because the pressure's off. When you start applying the word to something... See, the, the enemy is not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But he's got satanic cunning. And so when he sees you applying the word to a situation, he'll come along and take the pressure off. Right? My wife said, whoo, my iPad. The truth is I won't drop it. Right? Are you, are you following me? But what is, the, what is the enemy? Jesus said it in John chapter. He's a liar and the father of it. He doesn't always lie with his words. He lies with his actions. He'll come along, come along and, take, and, and take the pressure off. It's coming back. And it's coming back even worse. Because his job's to drive you away from the truth. But he knows if he keeps the pressure on, that you're going to keep up with the truth, and eventually you're going to get to that place where he can't do anything to you. There is that place, is that right? In the book of 1 John, where the wicked one cannot touch you. And what did John, what, who was John writing to? People that he said, I rejoice to know that my children walk in truth. And he said, you truth walkers are getting into a place where the devil cannot touch you. Amen. Because we're, we're, we're surrounded with the armor of light. And, 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 and he said, the belt keeps things together. That belt, that's what the sword of the Spirit hung on. That's what the shield of faith hung on. Amen. It kept the breastplate of righteousness together. All, that one belt. Now with the, the sword on the belt and the shield on the belt and the breastplate, you're not looking at the belt. The helmet of salvation was ornate. And I say the helmet of salvation, he was talking about the, a, a soldier's helmet. It was ornate. It would have carvings on it. The, the breastplate was a work of art. The sword was magnificent. 
The shield was as big as a door, but it all hung on a belt. But with all that equipment, you didn't notice the belt, but yet the belt was holding everything together. Amen. Somebody pulls up to the nice house God gave you, and they see the house. You see the truth that produced the house. Amen. Somebody sees where you were and where you're at now, and they see the blessings of God. You see the truth that produced it. Because it was the belt that held everything together. When I didn't have two nickels to rub together, when I was having to believe God for a $10 bus pass to ride the metro downtown to my job, the truth was working. I didn't see the benefit of it, but the belt of truth was working. It was making me stable. Truth had to come into my life and stabilize my life before faith could bring the blessings of God into my life. There are people you know and maybe even people here tonight that right now truth is stabilizing you. It is making you steadfast. Faith will bring to you what you're believing for. Your job stay in the truth. Stay in the truth. Oh, hallelujah. There are two kinds of words from God. Number one, logos, L-O-G-O-S, written word. The belt of truth is the written word. The belt of truth is the only piece of armor that has made it into the physical realm. This is the belt of truth, the written word of God. Then there's a rhema. The spoken word. Now, now, now understand something. That was represented by the sword of the spirit. A two-edged sword. People say, why is it a two-edged sword? Because understand something. It's two-edged because God speaks it. And then you got to speak it. Now it's a two-edged sword. It's not two-edged until you speak it. It cuts going and coming. So God spoke the word, and then you speak the word. Two-edged sword. Rhema word. Amen. Now, this is important. Logos is the written. Rhema is the spoken. I may not receive a rhema every day. But that's what people run from church to church and meeting to meeting and conference to conference to get. A rhema. And that same person that will go all over the nation to get a rhema won't come to church for two Sundays in a row. Because I want a word. I got a word for you. Show up at church. Think about that. What does the truth say about you coming to church? The truth says that when you come to church, that you provoke each other in the things of God. It says you edify one another, that you spur one another on. So that means you're not just coming to church to get what you can get. You're coming to church to edify and build somebody else up. Well, here's my question. If you're never here, how can you be edifying anybody? See, but that's, that's the truth. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And oh, by the way, when it looks bad in the world, even the more, as you see the day approaching. 
I believe Jesus is coming. The rapture is soon to come. I can't be at church next week or this week. Don't know when I'll be back. But I believe Jesus is coming. Well, he said if you believe Jesus is coming and you believe he's close, you ought to be in church even more. So what does that tell us? We should be looking for ways to have more church. Now, wait a minute. Some of y'all look at me like a dog in a new dish. That's truth. That's truth. See, that'll make you stable. You understand? That's not a rhema. But it'll make you stable. Hallelujah. So I don't receive a rhema every day. But I can receive from the written word every day. Receiving from the written word does not sound as exciting as a rhema word. Why? Everybody's got an old belt. Right? Amen. Everybody's got a belt. There are believers you know and I know they got so many Bibles they can't count them all. They got Bible collections. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how many Bibles you have if you're not using them. You're better off to have one and use it every day than 21 that you admire. Hallelujah. Am I helping you? Everybody has an old belt. Hallelujah. And it, and it doesn't look exciting. There's nothing exciting about a belt. It keeps my pants up. I mean, I wear a brown black pants, so, you know. Just a belt, who cares? Nobody will see it. But if you don't have it, now I've got a problem. Look at Proverbs 23, 23. This can sound simple, but this is the problem that we have. America, people say, you know, what's the problem with America? America doesn't believe truth. Amen. Think, think about this. Adolf Hitler killed approximately 11 million people. Just not in, in just... You understand, the German troops, if you add what they did, it's more than that. Adolf Hitler systematically murdered 11 million people. Six million Jews. Amen. And five million of people that he just didn't care for. Uh, uh, Mentally challenged people. Gypsies. Christians. Homosexuals. Five million of people that he just didn't like their life. You follow me? Amen. Uh, Mao Zedong murdered somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 million of his own people. Joseph Stalin murdered 35 million of his own people. People go, oh, that's horrible. It is. To date in America, we have murdered 61 million children. See, people say, oh, I want God to bless our nation. I want God to bless our nation. We're walking contrary to the truth. 
You can't murder children. It's an oxymoron. God, pour out your blessings, pour out your blessings, pour out your blessings, but we're not going to stop killing children. See, the truth is, abortion is murder. That's truth. And if you don't abide by the truth, the Bible says in the book of John that Jesus told the people that he was dealing with, he said, you don't believe in me because you're of your father, the devil. People don't believe abortion is murder because they are of their father, the devil. And he doesn't abide in truth. Isn't that what he said? He said, he did not abide in the truth. There is no truth in him. He swerved from the truth. You can't swerve from the truth because it's politically correct or because you'll get, you'll get points or people will like you. And when you swerve from the truth, you're in the same company of the devil. He didn't abide in the truth. Jesus said the whole problem with him, he became a liar by not abiding in the truth. Hallelujah. You, you cannot walk contrary to the ways of God, and the way of God is truth. You can't walk contrary to the ways of God and then still pray for the blessings of God. The blessings of God fall on truth. And that's why we believe the truth. We declare the truth. God will take care of us because we walk in truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, I could stay right there for a minute. Amen. You cannot, you cannot say, I, I have a hard time with this. I, I've known people before. Uh, uh, I, somebody was telling me this one time. A person they knew uh, went and had an abortion. Now, this is, this is not guilt or shame. If, if you're watching, you've had an abortion or here tonight, and you've had an abortion. Uh, God loves you. God will forgive you and wipe away the shame. Amen? That, that's what he does. But here's the point. This person uh, decided to get an abortion. They already had a child, and they decided to go get an abortion. Here's a, here it is. Here it is. Because this is not a convenient time. How are you going to explain to the child that you say you love that you murdered their sibling? How are you going to rectify that? See, when you start believing a lie, things, things that you do don't make sense. How can you say you love that child that you brought to term, and yet you have a child in your womb that you murder? Because the truth is, it's not just a mass of cells. It's not just tissue. It's not just an unviable life form. And it's not your body. It has its own body. It's a person. When did that baby become a person? At conception. God considered it a person at conception. The moment the seed fertilized the egg, the spirit came into that child. The very moment. And the Bible says God was the father of that spirit. He said in the book of Hebrews, he said this. He said, we obeyed our, our earthly fathers for a season. Should we not also obey the father of spirits? 
The book of Ecclesiastes says to each one of us, you can't see it, but each one of us right now, there's a silver cord that's attached to our spirit. And when you die, God will pull that silver cord and bring your spirit up to Him. There's a silver cord in every pregnant woman's belly tonight. And it's attached to that baby. And that baby is alive with the life of God. And you can't be silent. You can't just act like that don't matter. Well, Pastor, you know, what's the big deal with that? Because people want blessing, but they don't want to stand for truth. you got to stand for truth. Hallelujah. I had somebody look at me one time that was a Christian. Said they were a Christian. And they made this statement. Now, I know what time it is. We're almost done. Hang on. They, and they made this statement. They looked at me. They, and they looked at me across the table with a very serious look. And they made this statement. They said, well, you know, Jesus, Jesus never said anything against homosexual marriage. Well, yes, he did. I mean, he did, and he didn't even have to. Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. Jesus perfectly kept the law. And if you don't know it or not, there's no provision in the law for homosexual marriage. Jesus said, they came to Jesus and they said, Master, and they they went through the whole story about the man that had seven wives or the, the woman that had those seven husbands, each one. She was passed down, right? The husband died. She went to the next one. It said, in, the, in, in eternity, whose wife will she be? And Jesus said, you do err not knowing the scriptures. When he that created them in the beginning, he created them male and female. He created them male and female. And he said, and for this cause, a man, the male shall leave his father and his mother and cleave only to his wife, the female. That's truth. That's truth. Now, it doesn't line up with societal norms because by and large, we have a society that's void of truth. And when you're void of truth, and where where did that start? When they took the Bible out of school, when they took prayer out of school, They took truth out of school. And when you take truth out of school, you've got to replace it with a lie. And so now you've got generations that have been raised on a lie. You've got generations that have been raised that abortion is not murder. That however you want to live is okay. You can't help who you love. And after all, God understands. I have a hard time with that. Because he said all murderers. All adulterers, all fornicators, all liars will have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. Is that right? See, that's truth. You don't hear that today. Sometimes I wonder, where have the preachers gone? That's truth. There's a heaven to gain, a hell to shun. You can live for God and live a good life and have pleasant life. Face challenges and God will help you overcome them. And when you lay your head on your pillow for the very last time and your life ends in the natural, God will pull that silver cord and you'll go and rule and reign with Him forever. 
But for every person that denies the truth, the Bible says there will come a day that they will stand before the maker of the universe. And he will look at them and ask them to give an account for what they did with Jesus Christ. And when they said, I never knew him, he'll say, I never knew you. And the book of Revelation says they will go to the lake of fire for aeon upon aeon, age upon age upon age upon age upon never ending age. Now I'm sorry that's too high of a price for me to pay to not tell people the truth. Hallelujah. Do you see this? Proverbs 23, 23. Notice what it says. It says, buy the truth and don't sell it. Buy the truth and don't sell it. One translation says, sock it away. Buy the truth and then sock it away. The most valuable commodity we have is the truth. That's the most valuable commodity we have. Without truth, there's no standard. There's no framework for our lives. Hebrews 11.3 we, we know this verse, especially around here. Through faith we understand the world is framed by the word of God. Things that are seen did not come from things which do appear. The Woos Bible says, by means of faith we perceive the material universe and the God-appointed ages, ages of time were equipped and fitted by God's word for the purpose for which they were intended. The word is truth. So by the truth our lives are equipped and fitted for God's purpose. We're prepared for God's purpose for our lives by the truth.